It's oh, a God. Hotline League episode 183. I'm joined by three people. Two people. I can't even count. It's because I said 183 and then I, my mind went to three. I'm having a, a Monday. Uh, You're drunk on a Monday. The Mondays. What's very exciting is I found out just moments ago because uh, I've got jury duty this week and I don't have to report in tomorrow. And uh, while I believe in doing my civic duty, it would have required us moving the Rift Reaction show around if I had to do that, and that would have been very inconvenient for some people. So A criminal's going to be on the loose because of you. I don't know if that's how jury duty works. Wait, you're skipping jury duty? No, you don't have to report. So what you do is you... Have you ever gotten it before, Mark? I got it a bunch of times, but it was in Massachusetts. I've never done California jury duty. Yeah, so this, you like go on... They're like, keep your entire week free, and then check at 7 o'clock the night before... And we'll let you know if you have to show up. So all week long, I have to like, I'm in this weird limbo state. And then I find out. Anyway, this is Hotline League, uh, if any of you weren't familiar. And uh, it's brought to you by Alienware and Mountain Dew Game Fuel, uh, which I am drinking. You got like CLG? What? This little man's got a problem with CLG. He's eating CLG. Hey. Oh, podcast give, listeners. Give Rox a back. Uh, Mark has an animal that's attacking his CLG hoodie. He's so cute, though. You become such a good kitty. He was Mark... a really shitty kitty for a little bit, but now he's a good kitty. Yeah, well, is is he better than the, the last time I interacted with him? Oh, much better. Okay. Because it doesn't look like he is based off what's going on. No, this is much better. All right. Anyway, Mark, how you been? Uh, pretty good. I uh, just came back from the dive. You will see uh, it's an interesting episode. I highly recommend everyone checks it out. Um, it'll be a lot of fun. Nice. I plus one that. It's, uh, Were you on it, Raz? I was not on it, but I saw some things. No, no. Was, was Kobe on it, Mark? <laughs> no, Kobe was not on it. Yeah, I was going to say, I know he was out of town this past week, and he came in. I didn't know if he got in in time to be on the show, so. Is it, do you guys have a, are you able to say if you have a guest or if it's just you and a sale sitting there? It's one of the percent. It's Freak. Freak is, is the kind of usual stand in. He's there. Okay. Well, the week you were there, Freak was not there. Or you weren't there. Freak was not there. There was a the time I wasn't there and Freak was there. was there too. Let's just move on. All right. I'm taking He's an interest. He's in an investigative life. journalist, okay? I'm, I'm taking oh, an interest in your life, Mark. Mark, he's, he's an investigative content on? creator, not a journalist. What that else way he doesn't have on? any ethical standards to hold himself up to. Mark, I'm what? trying to ask this... you about how you're doing. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Just yeeted a cat off me. I'm doing great. What's been going on in your life? I don't know, to be honest. What, 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 hey, Raz, how you been doing, dude? Welcome to the show. What's At going on in your life, start of every episode, I try to ask Mark what's been going on in his life. And we've done this for 182 episodes. And on the 183rd, he's taken great offense to it and is rapidly trying to move away from it. So Every time I'm here, I just see a relationship issue between both of you guys. That's just the case. You, you, ever, guys... you ever build something together and then, you know, it's like you're committed to the thing. And so you're only together to see that thing through, but you're not yes. actually, there's no more love. You know, you guys are a step away from divorce. Once Hotline League is old enough for college and we don't, it's not it's in the so home true. anymore. 
Everybody we're, does we're this. Splitting. Everybody does this. Yeah. We we have we've been doing it for I think four years now. I think four. I think we started. This is in this is the longest league show ever made. I I don't know if that's no, the true. The dive is longer. The dive has been like five years. Oh, you know what? You're right. But the dive cheats because it has change of of people. You know, mainly Jack for me. But yeah, true. Raz, how are you doing? Well, much better now that I saw this comment from Monster A Shoe that says, "What the fuck." Mark has lashes on, and I just didn't notice up until this point. You didn't notice we talked about this before the start of the show. I mean, I could tell the makeup, generally speaking, but not the lashes. The moment that's the that only thing laughing. I noticed was the lashes. The rest of it is oh. just like broadcast makeup. Oh my goodness, I did not see that coming. It's the light. Hold on, it's blocking light. Whoosh, 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 whoosh. This man is flying. You know, uh, I actually have very long lashes as well. It's just you can't. Yeah, well, they're not fake. Continue. Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing well. Uh, you know, I'm doing all right. Doing well. Another work week came through. End of season, which is fun. Now we get to go into all star voting and all these things, and I get to make fun of someone's ballot once the they come out. Yeah. Because that's there's always going to be one person that's like. Jose Diodo is the best jungler. And you're like, where did this? Oh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a Latin American journalist. <laughs> so, so I just, so I'm, I'm waiting for stuff like that. <laughs> I, uh, I, so I have not submitted my ballot yet. Mark, are you able to say if you submitted yours? I haven't done it yet. So what's great is, and this has happened on previous hotline leagues as well. You callers, you, the audience of Hotline League, you have the argument. I'm not saying that like we're going to vote based off of what you tell us, but you can convince us of certain things like so-and-so deserves MVP, so-and-so deserves rookie, so-and-so deserves, I don't know, best. Jungle. They would need a Maybe damn good defense to unseat uh, our opinions. And judging by the show that I've been on consistently, I have not been hearing good opinions <laughs> or defenses. No, sometimes defenses. the game field victory great. callers are usually okay. pretty good. I mean, well, the takes as... are usually good, and then you dive into the conversation, and then they're, and then it's the backpedaling. With, uh, the show gets <laughs> so... a lot of flack, but I actually think for everybody's like, oh, all the callers are bad. We usually have one or two callers every episode that are like way out there, and then everyone pretends like that's the way most of them are. Whereas a lot of times people are like, like oh, the criticism people should leverage is that sometimes these are more like Luke takes than they are hot. But but I would also say. Oh, go ahead, Mark. Oh, I don't know if you saw the Fudge interview where he said that the MVP voters are not intelligent. I did. I actually did an interview with him about that. Uh, did he expand oh, on it? Did yeah. he expand? Uh, yes. Are you gonna did do that say, thing where you where you say watch the video instead of just telling us so we can have a conversation about what the expansion is? Well, the problem is I don't remember entirely what he said. I don't want to paraphrase it because I haven't rewatched it yet. Okay. Um, and so I, I, I will attempt to guess what his pair, his his answer was. Only certain people are unintelligent. Mark and Raz are really smart with their voting, but there's a lot of other questionable people. There we go. I think you know what? I think that's exactly what he said. It sounds right to me in my heart. In fact, I think I remember hearing that. I was walking down the street. Maybe I was right next to Travis's apartment, and maybe I heard that coming out of the window. So I can confirm <laughs> that. <laughs> I can confirm. <laughs> Raz. Yeah? 
we always try to say, what have you been up to? And you, you talked mostly about the league stuff, but how are things going with you personally? Hey, personally, it's fine. I, I don't think I have much of a personal life. A lot of it comes down to COVID, right? So it's just like work. Then I stay here and play some games. And what then I playing? go on Twitter and shit talk. So I'm playing The World's Ends With You, Neo. And also right after that, because I purchased the other game, which was uh, Ace Attorney um, Chronicles. Because Capcom is notoriously bad at um, localizing games from that series. And so finally they've opened the door on that one. But I'm still waiting for the perfect prosecutor game. So, you know, it is what it is. That's, I appreciate one of the things I think I've said this about. Oh, I need to move the sub thing. One of the things I think I've said previously that I appreciate about you, Raz, is that you're one of the few people I feel like besides myself that just plays video games that are not Path of Exile, World of Warcraft, or League not of Legends. Not Grindlord or competitive. Yeah. Yeah. Narrative I'm getting back into Maple too. Story, though. And that's my job. That's my childhood. There we go. The only narrative games I play are like fantasy uh, RPGs. I'll play like Octopath Traveler and The Witcher and that kind of stuff. But I'm not good about like the kind of like weird Nintendo shit. Yeah, yeah. So I, I want to be. Same. I aspire to be great about or to be very into Nintendo shit. Okay. Anyway, now that we've had our fun little discussion in the beginning of the show. Uh, this is a big episode because uh, we are now officially done with regular season, which kind of felt like a bit of a slog to me, although it was very exciting. Uh, but man, just uh, nine... Exciting nine, slog. It was an exciting slog. It's just like, you know, now we're ready to finally see what's going to happen in playoffs. And uh, you know what I think it is, is like we had spring and because spring was shortened, it for me it made summer split feel very long. Uh, but... We're here at the playoffs time, and it's exciting. Uh, we also have some eliminated teams, CLG and FlyQuest. I'm sure we can get a take-in at least for each of those. Uh, you know, we we had a reprieve from talking about CLG, but I now know that we'll have to have at least one caller probably to talk about that. And uh, I love that call. Let's let's do more of those. There's some fun drama. Punching down. There's some fun drama that took place uh, with the 100 Thieves Academy stuff which I'm sure somebody will call in to either... Already got one lined up for that. Excuse it or say it's wrong. Okay, and we're going to do something a little unconventional. I would like to... Uh, Raz and Mark, have you guys seen the clip that I put out about Peter Dunn yet? Yeah. No. Okay. Raz, you didn't? Okay. I'm going to play it on stream. Uh, Raz, I'm just going to link it to you on my Twitter so that you can... Or I guess you can watch it on the stream. Or whatever. Yeah, I'll watch it on the stream. Uh, but I did an interview with Peter Dunn where he said something very interesting... Um, and I really like it. I feel like it sets up the stakes for playoffs. Maybe you guys will rain down on it and say it's a, a bad take, but we're going to go ahead and play this clip from a Peter Dunn interview uh, that I, I posted earlier today. You can watch the full one on my YouTube channel, but catch you in a second. Well, it's interesting because I think this split, you're seeing kind of like a battle for, how should I say, for the soul of the LCS, right? Um, in the, these, these old traditional teams, TL, Cloud9, um, TSM. TSM, yeah. When you think about them, what do you think, right? You think about TL and TSM being super passive, scaling teams that like allow the enemy team to 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 play into them, right? I mean, TL had a win today against us, and but how was the game played? It was when they had a 4K lead, they were still waiting us for us to make mistakes. Cloud9 are the exception. Cloud9 are the team that play the proactive, aggressive style. They're not doing the best right now, but I'm sure they'll be fine by playoffs. Um, and 
if you play that kind of defensive reactive style and you go internationally, you will go zero six in groups or you will like you're just going to lose. Right. Like you can play to scale as long as you are better individually than the opponent you're against. Um, and so so for me, the question is, is the region as a whole good enough where teams playing aggressive League of Legends can win and go and co- go and represent NA in North America? Um, North America in international tournaments and have a shot against these top teams or are we just going to send three teams that want to scale into the late game and have them lose it to the Chinese and the Korean teams uh, when they go to when they go to Shanghai I mean that, that that's the reality of where we are right now so for me um, I'm sure that people think about these these strong teams um, these teams and TL C9 and TSM have that legacy for a reason right uh, but it's up to us to show that there are other ways to play the game uh, and there are other ways to win um, and I hope that we can do it. Um, but I think that even if we, even no matter what happens, I hope that TL and TSM and Cloud9 can learn from what we're doing to understand it is possible to play that different style. And if they don't, if they don't learn those lessons, if they go and we don't, it's going to be the same as it is every single year. But I think EG are well equipped to handle international competition right now, provided we do okay in laning phase. It's hard to tell. You can never judge the laning phase. Uh, issues but the macro in the mid game i think i think we're i'm pretty happy with where we are right now peter okay so uh i really like his that as like a conversation starter i'm not saying i necessarily agree with it or disagree but i wanted to have a brief conversation about it here and i'm hoping because because one of the things is like narratively it sets up this really cool situation i maybe i don't want to steal the lec old guard versus new guard uh or new old kings new kings type thing but I almost kind of feel like Peter's making, putting a stake in the ground, kind of like as a campaign thing where he's like, listen, cheer for the EG. change you want to see. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Che- cheer for EG. Peter Dunn, the Bernie Sanders of the, maybe I shouldn't, uh, I should be careful. Uh, a lot of people in our audience have differing opinions there. But regardless, he, he's like pushing back against the establishment and is trying to get uh, people to care about eg and and why he thinks like they are the better candidate to go to worlds now obviously this is not a voting thing it's not like we all vote for which teams are going to worlds every year but i think it's cool because i i like the stakes that he's laying out there for the teams as we head into playoffs and why people might need or maybe should want to see 100t and eg go through instead of tl c9 or tsm he gave some credit to c9 i think for for perhaps playing a little bit more proactively. But I'm kind of curious from both of you, and maybe hopefully somebody in the chat right now is furiously typing some sort of take about why he's either right or wrong or something. But I'm curious, uh, uh, Mark and and Raz, uh, what your take is on what Peter said. You want to go first? Should I, Raz? Yeah, go for it. I think it's something that myself and a lot of people have felt for a while about NA teams. you know, being these defensive teams who mostly just want to, uh, Mark holding his headphones off, listening to something. Sorry. I, I heard Home some, Asian! <laughs> sorry. I just heard music start somewhere. I'll go investigate. Okay. In never mind. I, I felt like I was losing my mind, but like, uh, yeah, I, I think there's been a number of times the top team in North America was able to largely not play super proactively. Um, and kind of just skill check the other teams and win through that. 
Um, not like they were totally bad. I don't want to just like shit on every champion before, but I think um, a lot of their stuff was reactive and punishing mistakes, and you can't do that at the highest level when you start going up against the best teams in the world, and that's why they start to struggle more. Even sometimes teams that I would say seemed proactive in North America, whether it's the pressure of the moment or the other teams or whatever it is, they end up being less proactive. Um, this reminds so me like, of the video we have on the channel of you ranting last year about the TSM the the what was it the tower dive or something like that where you're just frustrated that one tsm 2016 in summer was actually like super proactive i think i'm getting the right year i think it's 2016 they were super proactive in na they would always dive bot and play around double if it was sick but then like when they went to worlds they just seemed to not be able to get the priority that they're used to getting in north america to just go bot in 24 7 and they didn't really have many other options and so like a team like eg who is more down to just fight shit will never not do anything i don't think there's a world where like i'd be like oh man because eg's losing laning phases which peter doesn't even talk about there a little bit that they're suddenly not going to make plays i think that they still will his point is more just that like hey <laughs> we might get slammed in lane it'll make us look a lot worse than than our actual play style issues really quickly before we we throw to res i'm curious mark do you think hunter t also belongs in this eg category i'm not, I think that they're different. It it feels weird because I feel like 100 Thieves have played a couple different play styles over the course of this year and in the last couple of weeks have looked their worst. And so it makes me a little hesitant to be like, what is, if we send 100 Thieves, am I worried that they're all just going to stay in their lanes and not do anything and lose? Like maybe actually, I would be a little concerned about that. All right. Raz, what do you think about what Peter said and what Mark said, I guess? I mean, I agree with him. Uh, or at least uh, with uh, Peter on the sentiment of playing too passively, right? I think you need to have um, points within your draft that you can actually fight and play around early. Like, And I, I think one point that he did mention that I don't think is a problem is like there was the game that he had versus uh, Team Liquid in which they had like a 4k gold lead and they, didn't, they just basically played slow and choked an uh, enemy out. And I think like that's one thing to point out, like LPL teams, if they're fine, if they're behind, they will find angles to scrap. So it's like you still have to be ready to fight, or at least like uh, take fights if they force you on to on, force you on something. So like that's something that we're probably gonna have to talk about when Worlds comes about. Um, that if you if a team has a lead, they need to be able to actually do something with it, uh, push enemy team a little bit more aggressively. <clears throat> but that being said, um, actually, so. I'm not too concerned about 100 Thieves on, on that mark, on that mark. I actually think that 100 Thieves are, what's it called, in the same frame of mind when it comes to Cloud9 and Evil Geniuses. I think they're an aggressive team. They tried out a lot of shit during the season, but I just think naturally they're a team that wants to play um, a lot more loose. That's I, I think they're worse at that than Cloud9. I, I think my biggest issue with 100 Thieves is that uh, it's been more around their decision-making. Um, if things go bad in a 100 Thieves game, it's almost like they're guaranteed to go worse because they don't know when to uh, cut their losses and then just play from behind. They'll just double down and it'll get worse. They'll try and save each other off of it and they'll die. And it's like, okay, this could have just been one lost camp, but it just turned into a larger fight. Now you've lost even harder. That's like literally my biggest thing is just decision-making when things don't go their way initially. Like that, I've I've said that at the beginning of the split, and you, like it literally happened in their TSM game. Um, 
So I don't want to go into in depth until I'm like until someone else comes up with a take on that one with sure. the tees. But like, um, so like I I think if the league is won by TL and TSM, yes, that is that would that'd be problematic. But TSM is not even that bad as they were in the past. Like they're no they're literally not the same TSM whatsoever in terms of playing slow. Like Sword Art will hard force fights. Uh, Huni is constantly like giving if statements on like, hey, if they fight here, then we'll like, uh, you know, he, he's definitely incredibly aggressive. So uh, and and the team does not play around, and maybe that changes in playoffs necessarily like around Power of Evil's win con. Um, maybe that changes. Who knows? Because the meta just did change towards control mages now. But yeah, I'm not concerned at all of what. Peter's concerned of, of like you know, uh, um, LCS being the slow play meta going into Worlds, they will just be the worst teams. That's just going to be the reality. I feel like, uh, I mean, so TSM's not like they sit back and just scale and do nothing. Uh, um, you know, like Huni's going to play aggressive, Speaker makes things happen in the early game. Mm-hmm. But I think it's it's all comparative, I think is like the point for me. is not that they don't do anything, but... Yeah. Compared to LPL teams and um, more aggressive teams, TSM is not at that level. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's more Peter's point, which is hyperbolically, we say they sit back and do nothing. But when you watch their games, yes, of course, TSM is doing things. Um, but I think it's the idea of risk management. And other than Huni, TSM actually has, and maybe Sword Art, they have pretty low tolerance for risk. Like, you know, they're not going to, like, 50-50 things insanely hard. Yep, I'd, um, I'd agree with that. Yeah, and same with TL. So it's not like these guys don't do anything. But, like, a lot of the times, if, if a fight doesn't look on their terms already, they might not take it. Um, other yeah. than, than Spika and Huni. I mean, like, Spika fights, but I don't think Spika's just, like, a... I mean, he's not Blabber in terms of, like, just, in, like, Blabber's going to kill himself on Scuttlecrap. Spika's smarter than that, and that's credit to Spika. That's not, a, that's not a knock against him for people saying, like, worried about that. I'm just saying that play style-wise, like, they're, they're not going to flip things, generally. Yeah. I agree with that. Well, uh, we will see, I, but I do like the idea that this sort of sets the stage for, for playoffs as we head into it, and I think it's going to be an interesting thing to see. Uh, the other thing I want to bring up, Mark, if if we if we don't have a take, do we have a take yet about top laner or fudge slash impact stuff at all? We haven't pulled that many takes yet, so we're, okay. we're talking about stuff. This this is a relatively involved first thing that you you started yeah. us off. No, that's fair, fair, fair. Um, the other thing I will here here's what I will say. We'll we'll I'll throw this out there as bait for people who want to get on the show. I would love Uh-oh. to have a conversation about. Impact versus Huni versus Fudge, because I see people so die hard in these different camps where, like, some people are like, it, so Peter Dunn in that same interview, obviously very biased, the coach, said that there's uh, the biggest gap in the LCS between first and second in terms of role is between Impact and everybody else in top lane. Oh and then God. I've seen a lot of people, uh-huh. uh, and it seems like Raz has a strong opinion about it say like actually Hooney's way better or say fudge is way better and ever and people seem to be very very strongly divided about this stuff um and so i i want to uh i think it'll be a good discussion because i think i it's rare that i see so many people so strongly in the camp of of this type of thing so if anybody has a take on that uh mark i'm sure will be pulling 
those and looking uh, for them for a while. Okay. Uh, but while we wait and while real, real oh, quick, yeah. just to hop in to finish my thoughts on this, I wanted to, to highlight this point a little bit more. Again, about the proactivity and the amount of action that happens in the game. TSM is the second lowest in combined kills per minute in the league right now. Okay, so even by North American standards from some of these other teams, they're not taking that many fights. They're not being that risky. Whereas Golden Guardians, the team that like runs it sometimes, is high up there, e.g. Dig, Fly, some of these teams. So they're at 0.71 combined kills per minute. LPL, <laughs> I can't. They're, they're all higher. Literally, the entire league has a higher combined kills per minute than TSM. The lowest is 0.74. The high end is 0.93. LEC, same thing. No one is that low. 0.73 is the lowest. One is the highest. So when we're talking about proactivity and risk management, um, and as Inver in the chat was talking about, you know, like coin flipping is also not necessarily the same thing as proactivity. There is a bit of distinction in these different categories, but just in terms of the amount of action that they are taking is lower on a global scale. And that is what Peter is talking about. For people who don't believe this, I don't know what to tell you. Team Liquid is at 0.73. They are also on the low end. This yeah. is the point. When you look globally, it's not that these teams are bad. It's not that they don't make plays and there's zero proactivity in their games. They know how to make leads. But when you compare them to the speed of the game that the rest of the top teams in the world play at, they are slower. I mean, the only other region that really compares is LCK. Um, and that is a notoriously slow league as well. What is the... What is the lowest in the LCS? You said it's second to lowest, right? What's so the lowest is, is CLG, and it's just 0. 0.7 versus <laughs> 0.71. But CLG is just like they can't win. Like, they're, yeah, they're really yeah. bad. So they're just not finding fights that they can win. Yeah. Makes sense. I mean, this has always been, like, the case in terms of relative to... Um, it's like the absolute versus relative. Like, relative to LPL, they will always be slower, and they will yeah. always be more risk management. And so, like, do I think that's ever going to change? No. It, based off competition, that's not going to change. You're not going to have like teams like FlyQuest Academy. FlyQuest Academy, by the way, be, when I say Academy, you know, when they brought up their Academy team to the LCS, um, they were just so bad in the first 10 minutes in their own laning phase. But they were still a team that had like a great mindset about like, if we're behind, we really like looking ahead, talking about like when, like how to take a fight to get back into the game to claw in and, and knowing what's the perfect time of doing so. Like these are things that more and more teams should just be doing. Um, but if you're just not challenged, then there's no need to play a faster game. When I say need, like need in the LCS. And so every yeah. time a team goes to an international event, they're learning this, they learn the lesson mid event. And you're like, we need to play faster. We need to like have these basically like fail safe points within our draft. And then the lesson is like, man, we need to, this is just the way we need to play when go back to the LCS. Then they go back to the LCS and they have like about three months in which it's like, we don't need to do this shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, we can just go back to winning this way. Oh uh, God! So, someone in chat. I'm sorry to flame this person, but down for cards says there are bad. These are bad stats too because Poe doesn't play assassins in Huni. Usually, just split pushes. That's our. F no, you're looking at it backwards. That's our point. Is that you? The whole meta for the majority of this split was melee assassins and like aggressive champions in the mid lane. It's only slowed down in the last couple of weeks, but they were never good at that style. They don't win with Lucian. They don't win with melee assassins generally. They they win with control mages, and that's his style, and that's the point, is that like when you go internationally and someone's picking the, this aggressive shit and leaving your lane and diving bottom and being in weird places, you know, like you have to be ready for that, and, and that's the point. 
I mean, at the very least, here's here's the the TSM copium, I feel like, which is it's good for TSM that teams like EG exist in the league, right? Because, like, to, to both of your points, if historically the LCS has played too slow and all the teams are playing this way, then what I think what Raz was just saying is, like, you go and you start scrimming these teams when you go off to Worlds or MSI and, like, whoa, these guys are doing crazy stuff. And so... You know, maybe the TSM fans should be happy that a team like EG exists or that Golden Guardians or FlyQuest, you know, exists as perhaps as ironic as, as that may seem because they are, are forcing fights and being more proactive, which is more in line with what they should expect to see from, at the very least, LEC and LPL competition at Worlds. So it's always a good thing though. when we have different uh, play styles, yeah? Everything will change once the boot camps start coming up. I feel like literally every time the boot camp starts from any team, even G2, like G2 when they went as far as the finals, um, they're like, yep, we're getting stomped by the Asian teams. Got to change as much as we can and, and basically like frame everything to what they need to do. Yeah. Um, so at least from that perspective, I'm not concerned, um, though it is a good time to literally start during the this season. So it is what it is. Yeah. All right. Well, we have uh, taken as much liberty as we can with our pre-call segment, so it's time to get into some callers. Uh, let's do it. First one. Yeah, let's let's go. Yeah, grab right our to first it. One. Do it to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Thank you to uh, Casey Clark, uh, Jaeger Bomb, Stoner Mall, D Nine for gifting five subs. The real divert, who says, uh, "Oh yeah, for the six months." Count zero zero one. Sober quitter. Is that it? Oh, and Blue Jay is here. Blue Jay, remind everyone Hello. where you're calling from. Hey guys, calling from Ontario. How are you guys doing? Good. Ontario, California. Yep. Oh wow, you moved, moved. from yeah, Ontario, man. Canada to Ontario, California. What are <laughs> yeah. the odds of that? I know. You're not in Canada. Okay, uh, Ontario, Canada. Yes. Okay, I was like, oh my. And what goodness. do you want to talk about on the show this week? And okay, what do you so... want to talk about on the show this week, Blue Jay? Yeah, my take is about the bracket. I think that the playoff bracket being locked is a terrible system, and I think TSM should be able to choose their their seed like they have every other year. Wow. And I'm a little bit I'm a little bit puzzled as to why they made the change, honestly. Okay. I pulled this take for a very specific reason because there's a reason that this has happened. Well, wait, let's okay. I want to hear Blue Jay explain before you explain. Okay, go ahead. Explain what? Like Blue, I just, why do you think I, it's bad? Seed, I think the first seed should be able to choose their thing. There's a benefit. You just think that should always yeah. be the perk of being the first seed. Yeah, I think that I I prefer the number one seed being able to choose. And I, I don't know if this is... Well, it seems like it's possible that 100 Thieves now could have thrown their game by putting in their academy squad to get uh, EG on their side of the bracket knowing where they would be. You know what I'm saying? Like, they knew that they were going to be on the lower part of the upper bracket and now they were like well they could have been i'm not accusing i'm not saying one way or the other but it's possible that they purposely put in their academy squad just so that they got the team they wanted to face mark so there's there's a couple things to unpack here there's that whole hundred thieves situation which i'm sure we can talk about but as far as i'm aware and this was Azale who told this to me, which makes sense when I heard him say it, is in summer 2020, because there was dynamic seeding with a lower bracket, which is mm -hmm. what caused Golden Guardians to play TSM twice in their best of fives 
almost like back to back or whatever it was, you know, because it reseeded, um, and then they they played again. And dynamic removing dynamic seeding stops these repeat conflicts from happening because the bracket isn't changing on the fly. And that was the problem that TSM benefited from last time around was they got to play Golden Guardians again. You could argue if it was a benefit or not, but the, it feels weird for Golden Guardians at least to say, hey, we just beat this team in a best of five and we're playing them again. Um, so as I understand it, this bracket change was done with the explicit re uh, purpose to remove repeat matches from happening and as far as you can in, in the bracket. Because at that point, there were a lot of teams left that you know Golden Guardians hadn't played. So along yeah, with what Mark just said, uh, we have Kamikaze Platypus, who works for Golden Guardians, and I know has has worked um, at, on some of the format suggestions to to Riot previously. So as I can tell you exactly why the change was made, a fixed bracket is needed to prevent early rematches or erratic bracket, which is Mark what Mark was just saying. If number one can choose, it takes massive bracket manipulation to prevent round one winner rematches, and in addition. The reward of being first is that you get to face an easier opponent. The only reason this debate is going on right now is because some people think EG, the rightfully earned third seed, is not actually the third seed in terms of skill. Yeah, right, and which is potentially potentially why 100 Thieves, maybe 100 Thieves thought that, right? Maybe. I'm not saying they did, not saying they did. Why, well, yeah, potentially you could. But or, I mean, in any yeah. scenario, right? Yeah. First, yeah. first and second seed. And I guess you could make the argument, and this is what I said on the dive too, is that you can maybe make the argument that first and second don't have that much of a difference in their power in the bracket, depending on what else has happened in the bracket in terms of how many good teams there are, whatever. But in theory, you should still be in a better position because you don't have to play what is the third best team usually. So that's not on the bracket's fault. That's just how the league is this time around. Additionally, you only have to win a single fucking best of five to make worlds. You have... You get the buy, and then you get a, an extra life by getting first or second seed. Like that's a pretty massive advantage already. So I, I think it's it's kind of overblown. Um, I mean, it's very you know, confusing it's to caught. me because uh, when I ask players and teams and all this stuff for the past couple of weeks, who are the best teams in the league right now? Everyone says TSM and AG. Mm -hmm. And then you end up in a situation where people are like, oh, they're dodging EG, who's supposedly perhaps even the best. I mean, I guess it probably depends on if you're asking uh, a TSM stand or not. But, like, it, it just it is a fascinating thing to me in that people are like, they they will say EG is the best, but then there's a bunch of people who believe EG is not the best uh, to sort of provoke this conspiracy theory. Yep. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Raz. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, like, for me, the first puzzling thing is, like, the whole... What, I'll start with the 100 Thieves point, which is... Um, I mean, Parth came out with his tweet just saying that they could just be dodging EG because they don't think that they're number they're a top team. Um, and if that's... Like, first of all, that's something you can never verify. But if you literally ask every team, if you even ask, like, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, I think... I forget which interview it was. I believe it was Ben who the best like teams were people resoundingly say evil geniuses and when you hear from the fans and when you hear from like or you just see the uh games from evil geniuses it's like oh evil geniuses is a top two team so for me that part isn't even an issue um at least from the standpoint of like is evil geniuses a top two team i think the most confusing thing is that we're unsure at the rate of progress that like 
Cloud9 and Team Liquid are having right now. So like that, you don't know what they're going to be looking like in playoff times. Cloud9 has gotten much, much better. But I would still say Evil Genius is the second team, best team. So like from that perspective, I just think that's like a bullshit point. Um, dynamic receding, like that's another one where I know we already had like that heavy conversation. And I, I just wonder how much of an advantage do we have to give a first seeded team? Because like what Mark has just said, was literally like, yeah, they're one best of five away from Worlds. Uh, they got an extra buy. Uh, they're going up against what would be, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, weaker opponents. Yeah, what could happen is like the typical RNG idea of like they could, a team could just play poorly during the regular season and not have their full roster and then come in and have everything ready by then. But then like that, ju that shit just happens. That's happened every fucking split in LPL. And LPL doesn't have like dynamic reseeding. They have like a, a pseudo gauntlet in which like all of those fears that he'd mentioned are, has always been in place within those systems. So I just, uh, it's one of those things where it's like this kind of mentality is what brought us to making ma random, co like massive complaints of the LCK system of the first team, uh, you know, seeded team being put into the finals itself. We at some point we were like, you have such a large advantage already, um, where it's a slippery slope of this type of conversation. Like that's my main issue. Yeah, with you, and, and as the, the point out in chat as well, they have first. If if both the one and two seed win, they have side selection over two. So yeah, that was that was another right? yeah that was another addition that they had it in from summer yeah. to this uh, last year this year. It's like <laughs> <laughs> I'm not used to this. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I mean, like, it's like, how, how much do you want? You're like, do you want to just get seeded into the finals? Like LCK, you know, it's, I'm with you, dude. It's like, how much, how much more do you need before it's like, just fucking win your best of five. If you're, if you're one of the best teams. Yeah, I think I don't know. it's funny because uh, somebody, I think somewhat maybe sardonically in chat was saying like playoff perks is real or like, you know, some people are like, yeah, but C9 is going to look better and all this stuff. And I'm just like. It's really weird if you create a bracket or like a format where you're like, and we have to plan around the idea that some of our teams just suddenly become way better in playoff. You know, it's just like, it's such a bizarre concept of like. That's yeah. the thing. Go that ahead, will guys. always be the case in literally every league. Like LPL, whenever you get to the final week, it, depending on which team is really fucked it up during the regular season <laughs> yeah. and is now in form. It's like, okay, then you have at least some power of whether or not you're going to get to like the opponent you want. And your main objective is to just be as good as fucking possible. So when it's playoff time that you perform with the seed that you are given. Like if you are the first seed, you're given the buy and you're given theoretically like the, wor um, the worst opponent, you just need to perform now. And I'm maybe that's just me coming in from like watching and loving uh, – NHL as a kid growing up, I don't watch it as much anymore because I've moved far too much. But watching NBA now and watching the seed that they've had. And and for me, what's always mattered is performing during the fucking playoff games with the advantage that you were given. There are always going to be anomalies and things that are thrown your, uh, like your way that you kind of have to get over. Like those are the humps, those are the trials that you have to face. And in this case, the trial, it should be theoretically they're weaker team um so that's it's also ironic because tsm last year was the team that was weaker in the regular season but 
grew and performed during the playoffs. Like they were the team that, uh, you know, were the intangibles in a sense in comparison, like that C9 and TL right are right now. You just can't prepare for that shit. Um, so please just perform in playoffs. That's my, Play and I think TSM feels- is a really good team. So okay. I think T- TSM right now is the best team in the league. They shouldn't have to worry. Blue Jay, it feels like everybody on this call disagrees with you. Do you have any quick rebuttal? Well, yeah. I So I actually think that they do bring up some really good points because I was unaware that it actually stopped people from replaying each other when it comes to the bottom seed or the bottom bracket. Uh, so that's actually something that makes me feel a lot better about it. However, I do want to ask, is there a possibility that TSM or the number one seed would still be able to pick their team that they play against and then the bottom bracket would still purposefully avoid teams that they've already played is that a possibility or is that just not ever on the table so i saw i think it's go ahead i'm pretty sure it's possible if like you are manually doing it which you can do but then aren't aren't, isn't the team going to complain then like on the bottom bracket that you push them into having to play someone that they already like you know this is a tougher matchup like oh now i don't play the same team again but i have to play this harder team yeah it could be possible yeah Right, it, like if if EG loses or Dig loses to EG and then beats Golden Guardians and then C9 plays TL, like I, you know, like I I'm just I don't know. It's possible, but it's, that's something that's really difficult to to go through over just like a 15 minute call. You, you, you're also always going to have something to complain about. Like no system is ever perfect. Everything is a trade off. The yeah. idea that, that when people I hate this when people just like critique formats all the time. Like oh well, look at this problem that's come up now. It's like every format's gonna have a fucking problem well and you kind of see that in the way i feel like the lcs makes format changes all the time and i feel like it's always in response to the thing that had happened like the year before and yeah. then the new <laughs> format comes along and people are like oh no this one has a problem and then they change it again um so it is it is kind of like whack-a-mole i feel like sometimes where you know at and some, here's the thing like even in the chat that the, the conversation of like hey you know people are saying hey it's really hyped that that rematch is happening again like you know what i mean like the yeah. thing that we were avoiding that's hype and i would agree with that but then if you literally at the time people were complaining of how bullshit i'm talking about from the fans perspective of how bullshit it was because they saw that from the team saying hey why are we facing this team again so it's like there's always going to be a negative side to this um yeah. It's always going to be the case. And so I just, that's why I don't like the slippery slope argument because we're uh, in terms of making a regular season matter so much for the team that's at first that you give them more and more and more advantages. Then as a fan, I'm watching basically lopsided games for the first place team to get all the way to the finals. And I'm just saying like, uh, that's the one thing I don't want happening. I'm not saying to go in the opposite direction. I think I've made it very clear that I think this is a a good system. The only thing that I would not like about this system, and I've had this conversation with Kami uh, on this one, uh, which is like, even though eight teams for this system makes it really fucking exciting because you have a lower bracket that we've all wanted, that's eight teams in a 10-team league. <laughs> either, either, either we had more teams to this to make getting into playoffs worthwhile, or or I don't know. Like That's the one thing I, I always hate is because I've always thought getting into playoffs as um, a challenge in and of itself. Um, and for some teams, of course, it's a challenge. But sure, I get some really fun games in a double bracket, but... Let's get some more teams in the LCS then. 
Blue Jay. Why do we have Raz here. I don't think I have a call for this. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. Blue Jay here on this topic. 100 Thieves benching their academy team. Thoughts? It just sucks as a fan. I don't blame them whatsoever, honestly, for the record. I think they have the right to do whatever the hell they want. But it's like, oh, well, this game that could have meant, well, it did mean a lot, is now it doesn't mean as much because you just know that it's heavily weighted on one side. So I think it sucks for the fans. But if you're 100 Thieves, like maybe there's some tilt issues because they've been losing a lot lately, right? Maybe like, I don't know what kind of situation they're in and what's going on like behind the scenes with them. So I think it's hard for me to judge. Uh, I just know as a fan, it feels kind of bad. I feel like everyone will forget this in three weeks. <laughs> like the other thing actually I'll say too, though, on that is that I think that even if you're C9 and you're pissed or you're TL and you're pissed, I think those teams would do exactly the same thing if they thought it benefited them. So I don't think like, I don't think they really can say much. I think every single team would do what they think is best for them. And I think that it's up to the, the people that are running the league to make the rules uh, in the best way so that no one can take advantage. That's Didn't C9 do something like this a long time ago? I'm trying to remember. I thought they did something where they subbed in some players towards the end. Maybe it wasn't swapping in their whole academy team or something, but... It's not uncommon, and I feel very strongly that I don't give a fuck. 100 Thieves earn the right to do what they want by getting second seed locked, you know? And it is strategically correct for them to do this because, one, your starters get a day off, go, go get food, you hide whatever your your starters might have played against eg who you're probably going to play again in in playoffs in two weeks and you also get to develop your academy team and put them up against a really good team and see how they perform like there's literally no reason there's actually no reason you can give me to start my my starting roster there why would i do that what is it one well just because teams are always talking about how valuable stage games are versus scrims they say scrims doesn't really teach us that much where stage does an extra game could theoretically Your help. starting still- squad played 30 games. One more is not going to matter. <laughs> so I'm still with you, Mark. I'm in agreement with you, but you said give me one reason, so I, I did. Gave you a reason. All right. <laughs> All right. You gave me a, a toilet bowl reason. You know, I like Kamikaze I mean- Platypus <laughs> says that C9 did do this against Clutch, and it was their entire academy team. And I think they somebody mentioned they there beat... Clutch, if I re- and I think I recall that as well, which I, th- I thought was pretty funny. Been in this situation on both ends with TSM complaining about not getting reseeding and whether I should bench my team. In 2015 summer, we were playing CLG last game to decide who gets first place, and we knew TSM was fourth. You didn't I have think. to add in that detail, Travis. You didn't have to add in the whole they beat Clutch. Let, let, let Mark finish. Let Mark finish. Okay, sorry, sorry, my bad. I, think, I like the shade that he threw in there at the team. Um, <laughs> And so we talked in the room. We were like, yo, if we beat CLG here, we get first place, which means if TSM wins their match against the fifth seed or whatever, we probably play them, which is scary because we thought TSM was way better than the regular season record. And you know what we did? We went out there and we gave it our best and we beat CLG, even though we felt like they were probably trolling a little bit with some of the plays they made. And we beat their ass and then we drew TSM and we fucking lost in playoffs. Hey, yeah, so we, Blue Jay, <laughs> thank you for the call. Yes, anything, thanks for having me. Anything you'd like to say before we uh, go to a quick break? Uh, yeah, uh, Mark, I just wanted to shout out your your casting. It seems like you've kind of revitalized yourself, and I like it. So I think you're doing a good job. Yeah, I agree. You revitalized yourself. You you were <laughs> kind of decrepit and uh, you know falling apart, but you revitalized yourself. It's been nice to see. You know. <laughs> From has been to has now, you know, that's, that's, I agree with you, Blue Jay. 
but yeah, no meme, honestly. I think you're doing a really good job. So I thought I'd let you know. But uh, thanks for having me on the show, guys. Yeah. Thanks so much. Goodbye. Thank you. You're not going to give him caller of the night? That was a great, that was a great call. Travis what? can't give it to regulars. Well, I, I can give it to regulars. Uh, it is harder to give it to Canadians, but uh, because there's some not, discrimination right here. Oh, uh, only because it becomes a lot more difficult to send them a product that is uh, only available in the U.S. But didn't you give it to somebody in New Zealand? We've done it before, and I think I have given it to Blue Jay as well. Uh, okay. But I also just feel like, I mean, that's a take that like Santorin and Reddit and a ton of people had. I'm glad he brought it up, but like. There was nothing revelatory there, Raz, uh, in, in his in his take. The saying people are gonna watch this YouTube video or just gonna go to this timestamp, and that's it. He deserves. He's giving you clicks. Yeah. Well, uh, that's not that's not what drives the game fuel call of the night, a uh, victory caller. But you know what does drive everything we do at <laughs> Travis Gafford Industries, Alienware. Uh, thank you so much to Alienware for sponsoring the show. Uh, one thing that I wanted to to mention, and I think they are still available if you're listening to the show right now. I've been telling you all, I've been telling you all about Alienware Arena, which you can you can uh, discover by going to uh, Alienware.com/travis. I believe that there's a banner up at the top. I know they're always changing it. Yes, it says join Alienware Arena today. And uh, and one thing, and I've been telling you about all the cool stuff you can get there. Well. Some of you might be familiar with Back for Blood, which is a spiritual successor to Left 4 Dead. I played a ton of Left 4 Dead back in, in college. And uh, they are they are giving it. I mean, I actually just did this because I did It's uh, not even a thing where, like, I, I hit them up or anything like this. I just got an email earlier today that they have Back for Blood uh, beta keys that you can get right now on Alienware Arena. And so I, it's not even like I had a conversation with them. I just saw the email, clicked it, and got the... The beta key. I believe they still have some. Um, it's hard for me to tell because I've already claimed it. But uh, no, actually, I can't see. Yeah, there's still a ton of these available right now. So this is just one example of the cool stuff that you can get for signing up for Alienware Arena. And it, you can get it right now. You can just go over to Alienware.com slash Travis. If you're listening to the VOD or the or watching the VOD or listening to the podcast, I don't know if it's still available. You can go check. But they have all sorts of stuff like this constantly. and It's just completely free to join. Um, and so please sign up for Alienware Arena. Please do so through my link. And maybe you can go check out the Back for Blood um, open beta right now and just get this free key. But they got a whole bunch of cool stuff there. So keys for DLC keys for different games, uh, access to closed betas, um, all sorts of really cool stuff. So we, we love Alienware Arena. And thank you so much to Alienware for sponsoring everything we do. Uh, and again, this is just a cool way where like you can get access to... You, you can help support the show even by not like not necessarily even going out and purchasing an alienware pc maybe you're not in the market yet uh but you can sign up for alienware arena and that stuff also helps us out as, as well so uh, i went ahead and put a link in the in the twitch chat for it hopefully you guys um can do that it would be swell and uh thank you so much to alienware for sponsoring the show pena in the chat says cool shirt thank you Thank He's you. talking to me. He says, "Cool shirt." Oh, he does say at Razzleplasm. There we go. There we go. Travis. I got this shirt recently, and I was really excited about it. And I, <sighs> <laughs> you do have a cool shirt, Travis. 
I'm the only one not wearing a team shirt right now or team gear. Mark's sitting over there in CLG stuff. Raz is in Golden Guardian stuff. I was in 100 Thieves stuff, and then I changed while you were doing your ad push. I have Cloud9 pants on, too, though. Don't forget. All right. We have a caller here, by the way. That was quick. Rob, welcome to the show. Where are you calling from? Hey, I'm calling from Troy, Michigan. Troy, Michigan. Have you been on the show before? I have. Welcome back. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, I want to talk about the broadcast a bit. Um, oh I'm kind of. Mark has got a surprised eyes to this, but Mark also pulled the call, so I'm very curious. <laughs> how, oh, I pulled. How Mark is surprised by this? Talk about the broadcast. You snuck on. <laughs> Go yeah. Ahead, Rob. So uh, I'm kind of stealing an idea from the LEC, and even the LCS did this a bit. But we should really try and get some uh, some pros and coaches on the analyst desk, and even in the caster desk for TriCast. Now that we have teams that are out of playoffs, we can try and get players from those teams. It can help players build their brands. It can uh, make the broadcast more interesting, bring some some uh, some more analysis and different perspectives, especially from like specific lanes, from specific matchups that these players can bring. And uh, I know we've had some some success with this, even with like Cadrel. He you know he came on as a guest in the LEC, and now he's one of their best casters. And I think it would just be a a great idea to do this season. Why do you think this is a good idea? Because for me, you know, we throw out half these players every year anyway. So there's a 50-50 chance that whoever we invite onto the broadcast is not even going to be competing in the LCS. Why are we spending time building uh, that that brand? Well, they could uh, continue their brand even on the broadcast if they do a good job. And uh, a lot of these players, they even stick around in Amateur and Academy, even if they're not in the LCS. So we could even bring players to watch the uh, lower levels. Nice. Remember Perfect. Peter Dunn talking about trying to save the soul of the LCS. We need to take more 50-50s. Bring these yeah, players on, and you hope to God they're still in the LCS next year. Yes. I think that that would be nice. I mean, I was obviously being a little uh, sarcastic with my my query, but I I know I think this is cool. You just have to pick the right, the right people. But Broxa, for instance, is a great example of somebody who I would love to see uh, join the the broadcast for playoffs for some time and and you know he's always got amazing wisdom so yeah I, like I think I can answer that or at least like say my piece on this one because one thing that Mark know this one for sure like uh, there was a good portion of this split where every post game was a player um, was a player post game like literally every game and it, I think it was like I don't know how many weeks um, and we also invited coaches we had um, the IMT coach. Um, as yeah, but I well. think you guys bring them on and they just, you just do like an interview with them. He's talking about like making them a guest host for the analyst. Well, he, he's talking about like guest casting as well. Like, so like my thing is finding a player that is, because I, I love this. And I think the, I know that the producers um, would love this too. So there's two things to it. First thing is like having a player that has that interest in like being on the show and being on like a desk and all these type of things. And like who is really fucking good at, uh, in terms of being a communicator. So there's that aspect of it. And so like we're especially with the LCS being with a lot of new players, um, getting them and like seeing how good they are and how willing they are is one point. And then another thing, and this is just the curse of North America. What is what does a player do after they're done? I'm asking you, Travis. They go. They go to academy. They stream when they're done playing. 
they stream. It's more uh, like I. Does I that only still happen? I feel like that doesn't happen. Who streams right now? Well, before he went back to CLG, Demonte was streaming. Yeah, but he but, was doing that like for. That is not. It's not. We're, you're talking about retirement, right? Well, I mean, retirement is a quote unquote whether they get back in or not. And another thing is also like I think people who are great communicators, I think right now are like Grayson, who moved into coaching. Uh, and for people that don't know, Grayson's Golden Glue. I know that's what I meant. Um, his name Jesus, so I can say his name. Oh God. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Golden Glue is a great communicator. And one thing I can't even speak to the past. Like I literally only fucking came on this year. Um, but like I think that I, I, from what I've heard, there's for sure interest in it. We just need to get. We're doing the baby steps first of like getting them on the desk more and more. Uh, guest hosting, I mean, that just means that we need to get a player that isn't playing at all. I think. And we literally sorry. have, we have, uh, what is it? Medios has his literally own show uh, on Sundays, which is, what is the name of that show again? Next Level. Next, Next level. level. Perfect. Weren't you just recently on it? No, I was not recently on it. Travis, choose your words wisely. I, don't, I literally thought you were on it recently. Are you going to be on it soon? I thought they teased you as being on it. <laughs> no, I was I was on it like on week two or something, and that was it. Okay. Maybe that was – I haven't watched it in several weeks, and so maybe I'm maybe maybe two months uh, is how long it's been since I've watched it. I haven't seen any of the recent episodes. Because uh, there's another analyst, though, so yes, also yes, <laughs> that's on your regular. you're trying to make. I'm not confusing you with Tyson, whereas – you guys That's have fine. incredibly <laughs> different temperaments. Okay, okay, I'm just uh, kidding. That I'm is just not. Kidding. I literally just thought you were on it very recently. I'm were you kidding. on? No, I don't know what what you. Um, uh, oh, wait, I do lane by lane every time. Though. Masterminds? No, I wasn't. But I do okay. lane by lane every time. So okay. like that's probably. I know you're the host of Lane by Lane. I just thought yeah, you were yeah, yeah. yourself recently. Anyways, on topic, I think the idea of getting pro players on the desk is great, and I think um, especially given that the we have eight teams in playoffs, as Ras was just lamenting a little bit that is the perfect testing ground i think for a best of five cast with a pro player maybe don't do them for all the games in case it's like rough or something you just get them for like a guest for game two you know or something um and make it a try cast for that one game to get that experience and see how it feels with this per player who who might you know do more of them or something um i feel like that's a pretty safe environment to do it um given that they're they're usually not like i mean they're high stakes games but they're not usually like the biggest teams in the league and um you know that, that's an area for the casting angle i think for the desk it's a lot easier like get fucking jose diodo on you know like he he has a brand uh you know right now he's streaming he's the third biggest on twitch right now or for, for yeah for league of legends um mm. like that's someone who i don't think the north american audience has nearly the exposure to him than his actual fan base has i know he's he's, he's streaming in spanish but i just mean that like i mean i've talked to him we, we've seen him on the broadcast he speaks english fine he could do the desk yeah yeah i i i struggle so much with this stuff like with jose diodo for instance it's it's tough for me like one i i'm not saying i don't think this is a good idea but i will say like part of me feels sad because if you told me jose diodo does not start for an lcs team next year i would believe you if you told me brox does not start for an lcs team next year i would believe you that's not what i want but yeah. it is just a tough situation because we have such insane turnover in the league right now that like it's these types of challenges where like i i agree this is a great opportunity to build the fan base around a player but i feel like we frequently do this and then like they disappear for like a year or more and all that work yeah. is lost uh so it's it's just tough 
Finding stability is for sure like the first challenge. After last year too, losing a lot of players. People talk about Doublelift and Bjergsen a lot, but like Xmithy is another great example of it. So like, and Sneaky. You know, Sneaky's also having a really um, strong performance, at least on his streams. So getting those type of players for sure is one thing. But one thing that I do like is getting the opinions of like North American legends like Hi, right? That's on the desk now. I like that stuff, but Mm -hmm. I I like that stuff, but it's we do so much content with former pros. You know what I mean? And we do so little content with current pros, which is why you got to say yes, Travis, and not worry about if they're out of the league next time. Just say yes. Don't say don't give me the reason why there's, there's a downside to it. Just say yes. What? Just say yes. You don't. I was you don't just need to tell me that. Oh, what Raz said about the high stuff. You know, I like seeing high on the on no, the broadcast. No, I like seeing before. sneaky medios and double. No, stuff. I'm talking about your point before. You're like, oh, well, the problem with bringing Jose on or Brox is they might not be here I next raise year. It, but I raise it if only because I think it highlights the next step, which is for us to make sure that there's less turnover in the LCS. I'm saying this is a great idea. I agree with you, but I think it is. If you stop it at this point, if you just say we're going to bring these guys on and you don't talk about the broader picture, which is we need to lower the turnover of players in the LCS, then it is a situation where you are like not solving like the bigger picture. You are just sort of tweaking this one thing that may or may not even have any result. That's why I raised it, because I think a lot of people think at the, look at this stuff and the problems that the league is facing and they see one small specific thing. They go, oh, you know, like. We, we really need to to have players do some more interviews or we really need to have, you know, X thing happen. And it's like, for me, sorry, I feel very passionately about this, as you can tell. There's a huge systemic issues with the league right now, which is what's causing it to have historically low viewership. And I, am, I really want to make sure that when we do things like, hey, let's make sure we get, get some of these players on the, on the broadcast desk, that we also, one think is it likely that this player is going to continue on in the lcs in the future or is this like wasted energy or and two how can we ensure that like players continue to start on teams and we don't have as massive upheaval as we've seen recently yeah i mean i i actually kind of missed the context before but like what kami said was what you you know just having a player as a guest throughout the entire day yeah i love that idea um and to your point if that happens it that you know shit happens like it's a good example of like if el yoya is on the EU uh, desk for a full day, and I'm just saying if that would happen, right? And for whatever reason, because EU has a pretty high turnover rate with their players as well, because they put pull in a, so many players from their EU Masters, um, and he just doesn't play anymore, like Maxlor. I don't even know if people actually know if Maxlor was in the league before, and it just doesn't pan out, then shit happens, and one of them would stick. And if one person sticks, that's good enough. Like you've now, built a, you've now built a brand. That's fair. My apologies to Mark uh, and to Raz for the aggressive tone which I took in the previous conversation. Aggressive tone, Travis. Yelling's fun. Rob? Try it. Good idea, Rob. And in fact, as a a show of my agreeance with this agreement, is agreeance the word? You're going to get, wait, not that one. You're going to get the Game Fuel Victory Caller of the Night. Thank you so much, Rob. Uh, I'm honored for your take. You should be. It is a huge honor. Uh, please DM me on Discord uh, to follow up on that. Do you, I don't know, Rob, if you have any final thoughts on any of this stuff before I, I give you your shout-out moment. 
Yeah, I'm just um, glad it sparked a good conversation. Some of my favorite moments on the desk were when we got like a Lorem and Cadrill. So I'm just I'm happy to hear that people are on board. Yeah, very good. Any anything you want to say before we move on to our next caller? Shout out to Game Fuel and Alienware, of course, and shout out to the Ohio State University Rainbow Six Siege program. They're doing good work there. I was about to say because I've heard recently that Ohio State University has a great league program as well, and I was excited. Yeah. And then you're like. Siege, and I'm like, well, okay, well there we go. Uh, they're, they're doing good work in uh, in a lot of games. Yeah, thanks so much, Rob. We'll catch you next time. Thank you. All right, next caller. Yes, Mark, you're so. Oh, he left. I was gonna say, Mark, your your facial expressions where you do like these, like the big eye stuff, like you just did for next caller. They look so pretty right now with the the eyelashes. It's it up a little bit since yes. I know it works really this well. Is, it's going to be a long time since I, till the next time I have this on, if ever. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thank you, Subrequeter. Uh, Illumination, The Noblet for 19 months. Photo, LOL. Mr. Mallet, Fishsticks44 for two years. America Vespucci, uh, Blue Frost, Inuber, The, the Scuba, uh, Dwizzle, uh, Weather Mullet, and Narrow for 42 months. Holy moly. Retro Paint. For the four. Thank you, everybody who subs. It's always a uh, very, very nice. I see some people even go back and do it during the, the stream. Uh, Just Bob Danish is here. Just Bob Danish, where are you calling from? Albuquerque, New Mexico. From where? Albuquerque, New Mexico. Albuquerque, New Mexico. Have you uh, called in previously? Because I know we had an Albuquerque caller recently. No, no. Long time listener, first time caller. Well, glad to have you on. What do you want to talk about on the show? So I think EG should sweep all three awards. Coaching staff member of the year, Peter Dunn, should be joined by rookie of the split, uh, Danny, and MVP Impact. Impact has been severely underrated. I think he last split, he was one of the top three top laners. Um, and But Alfari was clearly above the other two. And this split, with that gap of Alfari not being there, he's clearly the best top laner in the league. If you look at kill participation, goal difference by 10, XP by 10, and CST by 10, he just has great stats. And he has the same stats as Alfari, but in more than twice as many games. And so his criticism is that he's this tank player, but he has wins on Viego, Akali, Nocturne, and now he's forcing Renekton plans going into playoffs. I love the enthusiasm. Uh, oh boy, okay. So let's break this down one by one. Uh, I I definitely agree. EG is is up there in conversation for coaching staff of the split. Who else is in that conversation? Uh, Mark, Mark's just enjoying Twitch chat popping up. Uh, off. I love it. Uh, I think realistically, only Bjerg and TSM. Bjerg and TSM. Okay. I mean, Anero and Golden Guardians have done a great job, but like. 10th to 8th just isn't the sexy headline it needs to be. Yeah. Uh, so I, I would probably say those are the only two teams. I don't know if Raz has another one. Uh, I guess 100 Thieves, yeah. I mean, they did good, but it just feels weird that they started hot then fell apart a little bit. Not fell apart, but, you know, started struggling more. Which two teams did you say? I Art? said EG and TSM are the two that are probably actually competing for it, with 100 Thieves being the third on my ballot. EG, TSM, yeah. Um... EGTSM, Golden Guardians, Immortals, because uh, it's like one of those things where, but like most improved at team 
also kind of plays plays into it as well. But Immortals last half a summer didn't feel too good, and some of the yeah. draft I felt like was also pretty um, didn't make sense for me. But like, so Immortals and Golden Guardians definitely improved as a team quite a bit. I'll say TSM. I'd say TSM. You think TSM over? It's between. Uh, or over... you're saying including? In, you're just suggesting it's TSM and EG are the only options. I think there are four options. Once again, I do hate coaches of split because I don't fucking know what's going on. It's coaching me. staff to be. <laughs> they've, they've brought. To be fair, they have broadened it some. Yeah, but you still don't know how much of it is the players and how much yeah. of it is is the actual coaching staff. So like that's why I can say, you know, Golden Guardians and Immortals because. It's very clear, like concepts that they were working on, and got much better at. So, like, okay, this is something that you could very, see, very well see, like a coaching staff having a hand in. And you could say the same thing for TSM and Evil Geniuses, 100. percent But that's why I just don't like the award. But if I was, if I were to, I mean, I always have to say something. I'd probably, I'd do TSM. Yeah. I watched TSM's documentary series. Does EG have a documentary series? Oh God. How can I evaluate Peter Dunn if behind the scenes I can't see him telling his players they're not good enough? Is that he what Beard does not. in the TSM documentary? He says, don't get excited. We're not good yet. Okay. They don't, developed don't... Danny. Did they I mean, develop I, Danny like, or did, did Danny, Danny develop himself? I will say, though, like, yeah, in, in that context, I mean, it's, right. I like, think it's so, so hard, so hard to say, mind. did Danny develop himself? He's like a 17-year-old that skipped Academy. Uh, but, I don't know. Okay, well, let's move to on to the rookie part. They were never going to have that chance. They were never going to have that chance if they didn't have an, both an academy team and an amateur team, which they picked them up from the amateur team. And some L LCS teams uh, don't exactly have that. I will say that, you know, Golden Guardians is fine that they don't have it because they essentially have, like, so many goddamn rookies on their academy team that it's essentially an amateur team, and they also run their academy team in amateur events. So it's like, okay, like, that's that makes sense. Uh, but a lot of teams... Still, uh, we're holding out for them. Well, we were talking about Danny, which leads us to Caller's second point, which is the rookie of the split. And is it okay? I'll I'll propose the same thing. Is it uh, just rookie Danny and Olive that are running for that? It's rookie of the year. Rookie of the rookie year. Of the yes. year. Which Sorry. you could say either helps or hurts to Blaze Olive's case because I think you know, as you're kind of saying that Travis is between those two. A Blaze Olive technically played the whole year, whereas Danny only played a single split. Yeah. The first half of the year for a Blaze Olive sucked. Mm-hmm. But the second half is pretty good. I will say a lot of the problems for Golden Guardians at the time was definitely jungle top lane and not mid. You, in fact, True. you probably said he was like one of the better of the bins in that team. He was, he was playing um, decently well. Um, so, like, it's one of those things where for the full year, I'm still on the fence about it between him and Danny. Danny definitely had an explosive summer and he was on a damn good team. Um, I don't think he was the best. On, he was the best on that team because you just literally have both Jizuke and Ignar just hulking out full Jordan. <laughs> it's like, the impact, who's, impact who's supposedly the MVP. Contracts, like, like the problem with Evil Geniuses is that they have too many players playing, performing, okay? You don't have that. <laughs> um but to that, to the point is that like I think it's between Olive, who pr played fine in spring and played insanely well in summer, but played the full year, versus Danny, who definitely played well um, 
for a good portion of summer split. It's the Zion versus John Morant discussion. Except not yeah, so, yeah. that discussion. I always think about that discussion. I'm so uh -huh. glad you brought it up. Uh, Mark, you you look contemplative with your. I don't know if that's <laughs> just the eyelashes or if. Uh... I feel like these make me look less angry because I feel like a lot of the times when I space out, you go, Mark, are you okay? Are you mad about something? Here, you think it's contemplative instead of just straight piss. Yeah, I think you should wear those every episode. But sorry, continue. Uh, well, so I was I was ready to move. Like I feel like we both said like okay, the first two you can argue maybe the EG guys gotcha. have yeah, a, yeah. a good yeah you know like it's up in the air at least MVP caller you're fucking trolling. No way. I love Impact. He's great. No way. Who are your MVP candidates, Mark? Uh, Speaker, probably Abadage, and then I would even say Jazuke. Over, over you impact. You think Zuke over impact? Okay. Yeah. It's. Yeah, it, I feel like this is shortlist. Raz. I feel like this oh, is the, if, the hardest year to vote for MVP. Yeah, uh, if we're doing a shortlist of play, best players on Evil Geniuses, and this may trigger the fuck out of EG, like yeah, it may either they agree with it or trigger them. Is like I think for sure Jazuke is the best player in EG. And then Ignar, not a lot of people will sing his praises because he's a support player and, you know, player of the match is not going in his direction. But for sure, Ignar had, was the most consistent in hulking out all season long. And then I'd go impact. Um, and that's on his own team. And impact had an insane split and had like that record breaking game versus Dignitas, uh, goal difference. So like, they, EG just performed really well. And in terms of my MVP, uh, candidates, Spika, Fudge, um, Jizuke, Abadaga is, is still on there. Um, yeah, there are, there so are quite a few It sounds like you names. don't even think Impact is the best top laner in the league. No, he's a top, I think he's like top three. Um, only because Alfari wasn't playing for a good portion of the split or ESO. But yeah, there we have So it. if Alfari had been playing the way he's been playing recently for the whole split, you would say Impact is the fourth best top player in the league. That's the reality. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't played some of my All-Pro yet, exactly, between Fudge, Huni, and Impact. I agree with leaving Alfari off just with time of games played, um, but he would he would be on there. So I don't know who I'd bump, but yeah, it would make it so that there's only three options. Um, someone in chat, just, uh, just to ch chime in on this, Jizuke gets so many resources. Yeah, if you're a good player, I'm going to fucking play around you, dude. That's how the game works. I don't want to... Do, who am I going to give resources to? And here's the thing. Like, there are always going to... There will be players who get resources. I don't like that as a, a knock on somebody. Because, yeah. like, people will say the same shit about caps or perks or something. It's like, well, then, did he, did he give you the game? Like, what was the return on investment? Oh, I got a lot of shit back. Okay, perfect. But couldn't you say the return? Isn't that a good argument for a player who doesn't get very many resources, Raz, by that same thing? Because if, exactly. if the return on investment is he's helping to get you the game with very, or he's being very, quote unquote, yes. impactful with very I, little resources, then that return on investment is great. Just so you know, I am an impact stat. I had impact much higher than most people. Doesn't in sound spring like split. it. You want to play some fourth on your it's spring crowd? split? Look, top lane list is really fucking competitive, all right? In Spring Split, I had him as my top two next to uh, 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 Alfari, and no one had him that high. Well, I feel like there are some people, probably Evil Genius members, had him that high. <laughs> but like, um, 
But in summer split, I just think that you can't like Fudge is just performing well throughout the entire damn split, and he didn't have a benefit of a good team for the half that split. Half that split, his jungler was running it down, his top, his mid laner was running it down, and that was just the reality of it. They didn't have an AD carry, and he was still performing that well. Like Fudge was pl playing well regardless of the situation. He was probably the best Lee Sin in uh, on his own team, if not in the league. Um, and then of course you have Hooney as a conversation and. Um, yeah, and the impact comes in. Mark, should we have a quick discussion around Jazuke? I don't know if you have another caller about it, but... No, not really. I think it's just funny that people saying, like, oh, return on investment is better on impact because you invest less and he does stuff still. And it's like, it's much harder to be the superstar of your team than the one that isn't actually played around that much. I would say generally, if you're asked to elevate a team or if you want to play weak side, like, hey, do you want to play Camille, Fiora... Um, GP, uh, you know, these hard carries. Uh, and yeah, to Peter's point, Impact was strong side. He got a lot of resources, actually. Um, I'll double check this real quick in a second. But uh, more theoretically conversing here, like, I I am much more impressed when someone is like, give me the fucking rock and I'm a carrier ass than like, I'm going to stand in the corner, catch the ball when you pass it to me, and hit the open three. You know, like, yeah, one's a lot less resource intensive, but I want the guy who I can actually like, Give me, give me the game. Someone in your chat just said, uh, "Fudge only played Lee Sin once this split. He played si it six times. It's literally tied for his most played." Don't tell me, guys. Don't do it. I'm a fucking blow up. You want me to blow up on? Actually, they do want me to blow up. <laughs> they do I'm trying to tilt you, trying, Don't, don't get baited. Uh, All right, they're trying to make uh, you blow up. To Peter's point as well about Impact playing. Not even being weak side of the split, I agree. Uh, he's at fourth in jungle proximity behind Huni, Licorice, and Alfari. Um, so yeah, he plays like he spam picks Renekton and other like strong side, and they invade and they control and they play really fucking aggro. And he's that's one a of great point, 4%. Peter. Impact gets all these resources, and yet still is not able to do much with it. You know what, Peter just helped me realize. Impact, not the star. Uh, doesn't deserve it. <laughs> but Impact is really good. <laughs> but honestly, look, here's the thing. P Impact is playing really well. If I see someone yeah. voting Impact as MVP at the end of the year, I'll be like, I would love to have a conversation with them because they have a defense. You know? I, I will still, I would for sure. I like, that wouldn't be on my vote. Yeah. You know? But like, if someone else did it, it's like, okay, that's defendable. Um, I just, that's why I'm going back to the statement I made at the very beginning of the, the show, which is I can't wait for those ballots to come out because <laughs> you always get some wild-ass uh, ballot from somebody. I, I just feel like this... Okay, you'll get, obviously, like you said, the Jose Diotto best jungler ever thing, but... Someone had raised as the see... third best AD carry. Okay, I'm going to stop. I'm I think it's going to be really messy this year, I think, uh, just because it's because the league has been messy. Uh, yeah. It's not just like, wow, sure. just vote for Cloud9 for everything because they are undefeated, you know, almost undefeated. Um, excuse me, uh, just Bob Danish. It sounds like these guys disagree with a lot of your takes. I don't know if you have any uh, any lessons you want to instill upon them. So I think it's it's just hard for a tank player to win MVP in Mark's world. And that that's fine. I think Impact does a really good job of taking his lead and letting tanks the rest like Reactin and Viego and Nar and Wu Kong and Nocturne and Akali. <laughs> Dude, so I many mean, tanks up there in the top lane right now. He played yes, one orn game. Orn. You know what? You're right. That one orn game. <laughs> let, let let the caller talk. But yeah, he, let him he, talk. 
he takes his advantage and wins his team the game. And I think that's where I think he deserves credit. Yeah, fuck you, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> this was this call was such like chaotic energy. We're like we're just responding to Twitch chat half the time. We're not like Yeah, dude, we're we're all over the place. Sorry, caller. Well, I have I have one tangent about unless Bob Danish, I don't know if you have anything else you want to follow up on. Otherwise I have one final tangent for us. Uh if if Mark does want to see where Peter Dunn shows his clear vision for EG, you can just watch interviews by this interviewer, Travis Gafford. They're pretty good. Yeah, caller, let me tell you. You got you, like I said, you 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 swung for three fences. You, I don't know how to put this. You took three shots. Two of them might go in. One is definitely an air ball for me. Uh, okay, the last the last thing that uh, we kind of started to touch on, and I want to I want to just go back to really quickly. Jazuke. This is a player who, you know, if you're if you're listen if you're reading Reddit, if you're ever looking at Twitch chats, people say he's just inting, he's a coin flipper. There's all this stuff from like 2020 that has sort of uh, pervaded the 2021 stuff. So I would love to hear from Mark and Raz. Do you think what what do you think of him? Is he a coin flipper? Is he still inting? Is is Twitch chat in any way right on this stuff? Or are they way off base? I mean, what is, what is, what should the accurate picture of Jazuke be? I'll start first with this one. I think whenever people take this terminology, it, it it's usually picked up from a justified game or a slew of games. Like in the first week or two weeks that he had, yeah, he had some coin flip moments, and it was like stemming from, of course, the previous splits as well. And so, like, that statement comes, but he was still, like, hulking out. And I, I got to stop saying that. He still is, like, doing incredibly well in the first 10 minutes of the game in laning phase. Uh, and then the rest of the split, he was just playing really well. Um, so, of course, like, if I'm at the end of the split looking back, I'm like, hell no, he wasn't a coin flipper. He was just a, he was a really good player. In fact, a, cons a consistent player. Um, but if you were to ask week two Raz or week three Raz, I'd be like, yeah, he was coin flipping. So there should not... But nowadays, he's not. You don't believe that he's he's playing in that manner. Hell no, he's not. And okay. and a lot of it comes down to the fact that I think the team is just better as a whole. So, yeah, uh, I think like we talk about how public perception sometimes lags behind reality. Um, even for analysts, you know, like, oh, this guy had two bad weekends. First good weekend. Oh well, okay, he played a little bit better, you know. And then second good weekend, like, oh yeah, yeah, okay, maybe he's a little bit better. And then like third good weekend, then maybe you're like, oh wait, he's actually playing well. But technically, he's been playing well since week three. And so I, I think that kind of stuff, yeah. public perception definitely happens, even happens to us too. And so um, Shizuke basically, since like Raz is saying, week two, which is seven out of nine weeks, he's been playing real fucking good. And he plays a different way than a lot of people in the league. He's super aggro. He wants to actually get every advantage that he sees and will, will force the issue. Um, you know, he, he's very proactive. I think one thing EG did was have a, a pretty narrow champion pool uh, for a lot of their positions, which helped. Uh, I think they did less experimentation than some of the other teams. But to their credit, like, they know what they want to do. And they, they ha seem to have plenty of picks to get it done. So I think EG is the real deal. And it has stemmed off catering the team towards Jazuke more than changing Jazuke to meet the, meet the team. You know, like, I don't think there's really that much of a halfway. If you look at EG and Spring, I don't think, like, decision-wise, 
I think they're smarter. I think their macro is better. But in terms of like the, the play style and the fights that they were picking, I think it's very similar, and the rest of the team has just gotten more on the same page. Is it is it likely, because it sounds to me like, and uh, from what everybody said, it is unlikely we would see EG play this style if it wasn't Jizuke sort of pushing it so Here's, frequently. I'm not going to vote for him for MVP. But Probably. You're spoiling. You're spoiling. Maybe spoiling. I don't know. At least in terms of my first vote, I don't think so. But what I'll say is I cannot imagine swapping Jizuke with any player in the league and having EG retain their play style. Well, there you go. So he's he deserves more than the community seems to give him. Uh, is it seems to be your both of your stances? This person you can put is probably honestly uh, a Blaze Olive, right? Like who's who's the closest player in play style to Jizuke that you can put in right now? Maybe Perks. Perks is a decent option, I guess. Perks would be a decent option. You'd have to throw a few mil, a few millies in his direction. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Okay. Uh, people on chat now spamming uh, a million different people. Okay, Bob Danish, thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we uh, go on to our next caller? Uh, shout out to the boys of the TS is Down Discord server. Thanks for having me. Shout out to the boys. Thank you, Bob Danish. Catch you next time. Okay. Are we leaving CoreJJ out of the conversation? I mean, it just wasn't the best in the first five or so weeks because the team was having problems. So yeah, I think is anybody, Do you guys think anybody from TL is in any conversation for anything? No. Uh, maybe some like third or second all pros if I really thought oh, about yeah, it. Oh, yeah, that. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I think Tactical and CoreJJ might end up on a list for me. Yeah. Hmm. If we're just talking about thirds, for sure. But if we're like having a conversation about like, the others individualistic awards then they're no. not on the list yeah all right mark is off to grab the next caller uh thank you to retro paint and ankit pancakes for the subs if you're watching the show right now and you have a prime sub that is available it would be super swell if you sent that my way because it costs you nothing I mean, I guess it costs you the subscript, but like, you know, it's kind of built in to something. Yep. You're not going to spend money in this moment. Uh, and it is very helpful to the stream. Uh, it is shockingly helpful. And I shout out your name at some point in time. And I would love it if you would hook it up. We have a lot of great supports this season. Like who he... Uh, I've already said the Evil Genius support multiple times. So like, but no supports as supporting... Is those that send a prime sub to my Twitch channel. Lu you guys can all be great supports. Lu uh, Luna is here. Is that how you say your name? Um, yeah, that's fine. I guess. Is it Manuel hey. spelled backwards? Yeah, yeah, it's my name backwards. Okay, so should I just call you Manuel? Yeah. Okay, Manuel, where are you calling from? Um, I'm currently in Colombia. Colombia. Oh wow. Okay. Well, what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, well, it's kind of a repeated take, I guess, but I'm going to talk about how Fudge and Spica uh, should be the MVP frontrunners this year. Fudge and Spica should be the MVP frontrunners. You're saying one and yeah. two. Between the two of them, do you have a... Uh, oh, a Fudge, one? Fudge, by, by, by far. I mean, I'm probably going to talk about like 90% about Fudge, even though it's kind of samey from the last call, I guess. Okay. Are you, By the way, are you a C9 fan? Um, I guess I'm a Perks fan, even though he's playing kind of like shit, but happens it, yeah. yeah okay wait fucking uh, bob danish lied to me what i pulled him for 
I got uh -oh. so confused. I was like, man, I could have sworn I pulled two people to talk about the matchups coming up, and I thought one of them, I thought Leun Le Manuel was one of them. It's because Bob Danish's take in in Discord is EG will go up 2-0, then push the meta and go to 2-2, and then close it out 3-2. That's what uh I fucking pulled him for. And he just goes off about MVP stuff, and then Manuel Wait, was supposed I to be... I see a take from Bob Danish at 7.33 p.m. This I want to sweep split MVP. 7.57. After I said, hey, any predictions for this weekend? And then I pulled him. This motherfucker. Fucker, that's the topic that he actually wanted. Well, it sounds like he had screwed over manual. Maybe two. I, Bob Danish, I don't blame you. Sounds like there was some confusion. I apologize uh, for Mark's hostility. Also, um, run from him. And uh, manual, I'm sorry that Mark started screaming obscenities, literal obscenities, in the middle of your explanation. It's we good, try to good. run a professional show here, and sometimes, you know, it just goes a little off the rails. How are we going to punish Mark? Why, why don't you continue? Mark is already punished. He's wearing... Uh, and me. I'll leave. Goofy stuff. Uh, Manuel, please continue. Why do you think right. Fudge and Spica should be the front runners for MVP? Okay, so um, Fudge. I think overall, he's one of the laners that has been in the worst possible situation in the league amongst the top teams. I mean, C9 has been... A huge mess. Uh, I guess TL has also been kind of shaky, but I mean, C9 ever since the beginning with the Zvan whole thing and Blabber and Pirgs have been kind of coin flipping and running it down for most of the time. Um, so I've been looking at stats and uh, Fudge has gotten a 26% counter pick rate, which is the lowest amongst any top laner in the league. He just gets um, the, any champion he can first rotation. Um, and this is mainly because he can play essentially anything. He's top of the league in kills, death, uh, lowest deaths, uh, highest CS per minute. Uh, he's just insane at getting resources by himself. Um, probably, you know, we can talk surely about him getting resources in game, not in draft. Uh, with, uh, yeah. No, sorry. Continue. Yeah. Um, with um, Blabber coming fairly often, Toblin or uh, Vulcan coming sometimes. But the thing is. Every, t every time Fudge can get a bit of help top lane, um, mainly from his just immaculate uh, lane manip manipulation, leads to him getting huge leads uh, post-15 minutes and just getting tons of kills and um, getting C9 to, get to win some of those, I guess, kind of few games they, they, they won in the summer split. Um, yeah, so we have Fudge playing carry champions like Lee, Viego, um, Gwen. He can play essentially anything. We haven't been... We haven't seen Fudge getting exploited for any of his. Um, okay, give me Speaker. Uh, I mean, Speaker overall. Know, I, I guess. Yeah, let's let's look Speaker. Uh, I guess I think he's probably like the hard player in the hardest team right now. You know, some people say EG. I think uh, TSM has been playing the cleanest League of Legends in the in the league. Um, less coin flippy. He has never been a liability for TSM. You know, I think. Fudge, I mean, uh, Speak has just carried any game he can. He's never brought any problems to TSM. Um, helps his lanes get ahead. Uh, you know, overall, this is the best jungler in the league right now. I feel like your argument for Speak is a lot weaker than your argument for Fudge. Like, with Fudge, you're like, 
here's all the stats. With Speaker, you're like, he doesn't ever make TSM lose the game, you know? Like, also uh, had a Freudian I mean, and said, just yeah, life fudges, hey. and he's like, oh, shit, Speaker. <laughs> I mean, okay. Yeah, that's might might be. I mean, at the beginning of the show, you said you wanted to talk a top laner, so I did a ton of no, research. No, okay, that's fudge, fair. That's and fair. And then previous color kind of fucked me. So no, that's hey, fair, no, that's fair. I support this guy. I literally have the same damn take as him, which is I think someone I'm hobbling is like cheating this guy out. I was like, wait a minute, no, I actually <laughs> I agree with him. On you think fudge, fudge should win MVP, Raz? Um, I would I would lean toward. I'm not gonna fucking. Look, you can when the no sheet comes out on the voting. I'm not right? spoiling on the voting. Okay, um, but would would but Pudge be among your highest candidates? Yeah, Spug and uh, Spug, Fudge and Speaker are both of my uh, one of my higher candidates. So like, he just named two people who are like, yep, makes sense. As like, I don't even need to hear his defense at that point because I'm like, I you know what, same wavelength. I'm with you there, Captain. I'll give you a, a nice little stat to throw in there too about resources. I mean, everyone, it sounds like people think that Fudge is heavily played around in game. He's not. He's actually one of the lowest jungle proximity top laners in the league. Here's the thing. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry. Keep going. No, I was going to say that he, he's at 8.8% jungle proximity compared to Hooney's at 13.1, Licorice 12.1, Alfari 12.1. He's, he's basically the bottom of the table uh, down there with solo and jenkins in terms of active players he's he's the least played around top laner in the league um because as they said his minion wave management is actually really good you never need to fix his wave i don't remember you know times where the, the jungler needs to hover and like escort a wave in to help him and just like watch nothing happen because his he's the wave's not in a great spot so yeah i actually i actually think um in-game resources he's, he's pretty as as people were saying good return on investment Yep. Yeah, if I could say two, two, two things, is that I think a couple times uh, people have mentioned how Vulcan tends to go a lot top lane, uh, but I think it's just been like Dive's top lane, which is just like a regular play, not necessarily like that much resources in invested in him. So that's why like it, I guess. Yeah, they, they put in a lot of resources in the opposite side of the map. And so like, it, to your point, when you said like carry champions like Lee Sin and all that, that's actually like their safe pick where you're like, don't in you still be very useful as the game goes on. Like that's that's just them picking this champion because a it's a flex, but b it's like a safe um, blind pick that they can go for. So like he's giving, he's actually not taking up draft resources at all. Like I don't remember. I'm sure it's happened more recently, but more often than not, he is blind picking. Um, so it's one of those things where yeah, for sure, Fudge and Spica both are um, pretty high. I also do think that people are stepping on the 100 these players because they were also MIA for the net for the last two weeks of the split um I'm mostly like Abadaga I think because Abadaga is just for sure should be in the conversation and it would be a shame if he just didn't get any votes because he is I would say that he's my best uh mid right now next to POE so in terms of just like full split which this award is about yeah Mark are yeah. there any reasons why FUD shouldn't get MVP? Yeah, because there's better options. I don't have anything negative. I don't really have much, I should say, negative to say about Fudge. Um, it's more that I think there are other options. Well, there you go. All right, here's a non-spoiler thing and that I can I'll put out there. Spico would be a little higher than uh, for me. And there we go. A little higher than Fudge? Yeah. 
You think uh, more fudge than speaker. Sorry, more speaker than fudge. Yeah, more speaker than fudge. But okay. like, yeah. Why? Um, I mean, he's the main. Uh, I mean, they put in resources to him. The return on investments like insanely good. He, I don't remember a lot, like a bad game that he's had um, throughout the split. Like even going back to it, because now I have the benefit of literally going back to the first like five weeks of the split and watching it through. And a lot of TSM success has been through him. Some through, um, some through top lane, but I think that there's a larger load for Spica to carry as well on TSM. So, um, larger so like, than C9. I'm not comparing it to him. I'm saying that uh, I'm not comparing it to Fudge because I've I've already said multiple times that Fudge has had a lot to carry. But I think the impact that uh, Spica had uh, throughout the split was just a little better. It and sounds now like you're always... saying. Sorry, really quickly, just to clarify, are you saying? TSM is heavier for Spica than no, C9. No, I just said no to that. Okay. I just said no to that. Okay. I literally just said I just... no to that. You're making it more Rez. confusing. Rez. That's why I asked for clarification <laughs> because <laughs> I misunderstood. So there was a, a request for clarification. I'm You're glad doing... you were able <laughs> to clarify for me. Thank you. All right. <laughs> shall we? Uh, shall we continue? Uh, speak a good, yeah. Speak a and fudge good, apparently. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, both are good, yeah. Sp speak uh, a good. That's why this Mark, is, Mark gonna, can I, I ask love, you if I you would rank speak over fudge or fudge over speak? Oh, okay. Odd God, speak be straight, bussin', bussin', no kizzy. There you go. I think <laughs> that really sums it up. Manuel, what would you, uh, what do you want to say before we take a quick break? Um, yeah, fudge good, speak a good. They're, they're really good. <laughs> Great shout -outs. Thank you. Thank you very well, uh, Manuel, for the call. And we'll catch you next time. All right. Later. See ya. I feel bad for Emmanuel because he did just come back, come immediately after an already, uh, an already like discussion that we had on the MVP votes. So we had to double down on the votes. And on top of that, in my opinion, he had a cold take. But this, so well, this, like, this is the episode... This is the episode that everybody's going to be talking about MVP stuff. I don't think it's bad to have back-to-back -back MVP uh, conversations. That's I don't think it's bad. I just feel bad for him because, like, I, when I pull people, I generally remember, like, what topics I've pulled already, you know? Yeah. And then when I go into the waiting room and I'm like, hey, you're up next. What's your topic? I don't remember exactly because there's, like, six people and I'm doing the whole show. You know, I don't remember which topic aligns with which person. So I'm like, I know I have an MVP topic in here. And so when the first person goes, I'm talking about Jazuke or Impact for MVP, I was like, oh, I guess this is my MVP take. And then it wasn't, and I just got bamboozled by the first guy. And then the second guy is like, wait, my, it was my topic, and now I'm screwed. And I'm like, yeah, my bad. Listen, it wouldn't be this, – this show is all about chaos. You know, we embrace it here on Hotline League. Uh, and you, show you'd watch something else and you know what else we embrace mountain dew game fuel uh, a delicious beverage that you can find at gamefuel.com slash travis and if you use code travis you'll save five percent on your order which is fantastic uh this is the charged orange storm flavor there's a variety of different flavors which you may be interested in trying including a mountain dew flavor if you like mountain dew uh, but there's something I believe for everyone. And by going over to gamefield.com slash Travis, you're going to, and ordering a case, you're going to help continue this show because, uh, 
while Mark might say that he treats the show, this is, I think, in the pre-show conversation, but Mark might say that he treats the show like friendship. I still have to pay him to uh, to appear on this show, you know. So there is a business aspect to it, and in order to compensate him, uh, I I get revenue from uh, sponsors like Mountain Dew Game Fuel, and then once every eight months, once uh, the amount has accrued to a point where it's financially disastrous to me. He sends me an invoice that is literally so much that I can't send it, and I have to send it in multiple transactions. Uh, and I couldn't uh, pay him if it wasn't for Mountain Dew Gamefield. This is uh, one of the more unique uh, shows, uh, ones, ones that I've done. We talking uh, six figures? We talking this, seven figures? How much are you making, Mark? Uh, there are, there are, uh, <laughs> there are limits that financial institutions put on certain transactions, and I would say that. Mark builds it to a point right now. Where it's so, <laughs> my oh, guest is making too much. <laughs> I just, uh, I just wish you sent me an invoice more often. Anyway, um, I mean, it was uh, sorry. This sponsor plug is getting a little personal. I'm going into areas that I shouldn't be. <laughs> Let's get back to the product, which is Mountain Dew Game Fuel, uh, victory in a can. Uh, go grab some. It's uh, I love it. It tastes great. By the way, only 90 calories, which is going to be far. And that's if you want a zero calorie version, they have that as well. But if and that's what Mark drinks. Uh, but if you are more rotund like me, no. If it, regardless, if you're looking for an energy uh, beverage that is lower on the calorie count uh, and maybe still in the regular version, you can get that only 90 calories on the on the Game Fuel uh, beverage. So thank you so much to Mountain Dew Game Fuel for sponsoring the show, and uh, please go purchase some and use code Travis so that I can afford to pay. Mark Zimmerman, the money that he demands from me. Uh, Raz has now left, and we miss him so much. To get the next caller, too. What is his signature? Uh, what are the signatures that he has on his his chair? I don't know. What signatures? Do you see? Do you, it looks like signatures right around the thing. Raz, are those no, signatures those, those on are your flames. chair? Those huh? are flames. Are those signature? Or do you have? Did people sign, sign your chair? Oh, they're in flames. They're flames. Okay, they are flames. Yeah. Okay, sorry. My I was flames. like, damn, did I know not know something about this? I would be selling it instantly. It looks like silver sharpie. That's why I was confused. Okay, thank you to uh, Flyweight, Stealth Black, LOL, uh, Chovy. Wow, Chovy sponsor swapping with the show. That's great. B Crow Twitch Land Shark Mora for gifting five subs. Very generous of them, and uh, Smoke Dog for the twenty-seven months. Wait, who told me to take my glasses off? Then I can't see. It's not that bad, but it'd be a little blurrier. Freezy is here. Freezy, where are you calling from? Hey, I'm uh, I'm calling from Fairfax, Virginia. Fairfax, Virginia. What do you want to talk about on the show? Yeah, so my take was I think that this weekend, I think Team Liquid is going to beat Cloud9. Uh, I think there's a few reasons for that. Um, the main one being that they're going to have an extra week of scrims with the full team. Most importantly, Santorin joining uh, after his extended break. You know, I watched the interview. Did Travis uh, kind of influence this take a bit? But I already kind of felt that. But this kind of helped uh, secure that, I guess. Well, I'm very curious uh, why. I know I keep people earlier were flaming me for saying very curious all the time. I'm very curious how why you have more confidence in them because we just saw them yesterday play each other and Cloud9 yep, no, beat yeah, Team Liquid. For sure. And I think, so considering that 
You know, this was Santorin's first weekend back. He'd only had one week of scrims with the team. Um, even with the game that Core JJ played worse than usual, I still think he played well, but is not, you know, his close to MVP self. I think he had one of his more off games. Uh, tactical looked fine. He got caught out once in mid-game. Um, and considering all of that, it was still a really close game. And Team Liquid had a lot of chances to win that game. Cloud9 came out ahead and they deserved to win that game. Um, but that that plus another couple other like points, including I think Alfari is better than Fudge pretty solidly. I thought Alfari got robbed of MVP uh, last split, in my personal opinion. Uh, I'm pretty high on him just as a player. I think he can 1v9 any game that he's placed into. Um, okay, as that's a top laner more yeah. consistently. So I think that's that's a that's a big part of it as well. I okay. like this take. Raz, you like this, but you're a big fudge tan. Yeah, I mean like I think I said somewhere, I don't remember where I said it that I had Cloud9 winning. But that's because once again, like Cloud9 and TL, we actually just don't know what they're gonna look like when they actually get to the best of five, because both of these teams have like changed have improved pretty drastically. TL a little bit more so because they literally just got Santorin in, in the final week. So, and then they stomped in their first two games, one versus IMT and another one versus uh, Evil Geniuses. And, like, I have a lot of um, stock into those games. Because even when Santorin came in, was it Santorin that made that team better? I mean, Tactical and Core JJ literally popped off in those two games. And uh, in the Lulu game, Jensen literally got camped consistently but played really well around it. And then Alfari played... Like, the team just looked like they were online. And so is it far-fetched for me to think that TL will come into that series and win that series and actually be much better, like go back to spring split um, finals performance? Like, yeah, it, it, it can happen. Do I think that's going to happen? Right now, I would say no, because I've had too much faith throughout all split long and both Cloud9 and TL, and I've lost prediction votes for for the faith that, like, yeah, they'll come back and perform. And I'm... Putting my foot down now. Well, the Raz, better team is going to win, God damn it. Raz, you said uh, TL can come back to Spring Split Finals performance. In Spring Split Finals, they lost to C9. Yeah, I know, I know. But at least the team around them. Oh, you lost? I mean, I was mostly talking about with the intended roster. Because at that finals, they didn't even gotcha. have their intended yeah, yeah. roster, right? They, they, they had our mail on that one. So, like, right. um, the fact that they even got there is is impressive enough. And they, they can get to that point. They just have a l very little time to do it. If I could add one part on top of that, I think sure. that I'm not, I never really said that they're going to, you know, get back to spring finals level. But the reason I don't think they're going to get there either one is because the short amount of time with their full roster. Yep. And also because I don't think they need to get there. Cloud9 isn't where they were in spring finals. No, I don't think a lot of people are, ex well, I don't think a lot of people are expecting them, Cloud9 to win finals. Maybe get finals, but I don't think it's the majority opinion that they're not the number one seed. You know, they've definitely been not playing as well. Perks especially, uh, kind of underperforming to where he was on the G2, you know, G2 days. So I think with a combination of this extra week of scrims with Santorin, again, this is, again, a personal take, but I think Alfari is extremely good, better than Fudge. Uh, I think Perks and Jensen, this split, are about even. Perks a little bit better. Tactical, I think, has quietly been extremely solid this split. He's probably my third or second best AD carry in the league. Core JJ is Core JJ. If he doesn't play off, he's going to play amazing. 
So I, I think combining all that with C9 not as being good in spring, I think I, I really can see Team Liquid winning the series. Here's the worst thing about this. Oh, yeah, uh, Mark hasn't, I guess, uh, said his point. But, like, the worst thing about this is that Jensen this split hasn't performed that well. And I, uh, I agree. I agree. And also, well, there's that aspect of it, and then there's also the aspect of, like, Tactical and Core JJ also haven't had, like, a strong performance this split. I don't know about, like, uh, yeah, anyways. But all that doesn't really matter. Like, the first seven weeks of this split, or uh, I'll say six weeks of the split, doesn't really matter to the recent discussion about how will they look in playoffs. So I have no fucking clue. I'll at the moment I'm leaning towards Cloud Nine because they literally looked better in Week Nine in that in that game, and they're um, I like the play style that they have a lot more than I would let's say Team Liquid. Um, so uh, it's one of those things where I would say right now that's where they are in terms of rate of improvement. What you're hitting on. I would say still, I would still go Cloud9. So it's hard. I'm still going in that direction. Well, I think what's interesting is, uh, oh, Mark hasn't said his take yet. Uh, but anyway, what I guess I'd say is interesting ah! is that Team Liquid has only play, uh, scrimmed with Santorin for four days before they got into the their last weekend's game. Uh, so I thought it was it's interesting because they definitely have perhaps further they can progress. Even though it's still only one more week, they'll have literally twice as many scrims with Santorin to be getting into a better place. Oh, Mark, go ahead. Sorry, I know you were going to say something. No, I think this is good. We can say bye to Freezy and just end the show. <laughs> one more thing I want to say. That's fair. <laughs> no, it's, I get, it's fair. Uh, no, here's what I'll say. I, I'm on the Cloud9 train. I did the dive. Sounds like everyone's on the Cloud9 train. I was one of the least certain about it. I said 3-2 Cloud9. Yeah. I think I agree with some of the points about like individual players on Team Liquid in multiple positions, you could say, playing better. Um, like the bot lane, I think Vulcan might actually be a little better than Core JJ. This split's close, but I, I think Tactical's been better than Sven. Top lane, Fudge has been playing longer. Alfari, when he's on form, is kind of nuts, but it's mostly laning. Fudge, you could say, is better like team play stuff. I don't know. It's very, very close. Um, and I'm not quite on the full like Team Liquid hasn't beaten a top team yet this split argument, which you hear a lot. Um, because they've only played four games of their actual starting roster out of what was it, 35, 30, 36? Can't do yeah. math. Three-round Robins, nine games, 27. Know. Whatever the fuck. Anyways, they've hardly played with their starting rosters. Like, one of the least rosters they actually play with. But, equally, you can't just ignore the fact that they haven't started many fucking games together. They haven't actually played that much together. So, like, they don't have, like, the same synergy that, like, even though C9's struggling and doing some weird stuff, too, um, you know, it's not like they're in... Uh, Tia Blinkwood has like a ton of practice together. So for me, I think it's really close. I think it really depends on also how what C9 shows up. You know, are they, are they going to also have a playoff buff? Because they are another team that's not playing at their peak right now. So I just don't think there's any fucking way to seriously predict this game. Well, there you go. A freezy. Yep. I th no, I, I basically, um, I think it's definitely really hard to predict. I'm just kind of shocked that no one is voting for TL. Like everything I've seen on Twitter, Reddit, you know, Twitch streams, everybody yeah. thinks Cloud9 is going to win. And I just, I don't, I, it seems like it's a slam dunk for them. I, I completely disagree with that. I think that we've seen what TL can do, we've seen what Cloud9 can do. Um, I think TL is going to come out ahead, but I really do think it's a toss up. And I don't think it's such a slam dunk everybody's making it out to be. 
is uh, if if TL doesn't make it to Worlds, there will be no liquid update. Avli's in the chat right now. She's she's sad about it. Uh, oh, true. Yeah. You love the liquid update. It was a good time. Hey, it'll come back. Freezy, thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we uh, wrap up the show? Um, thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate the uh, your guys' time. Uh, Santorin was right. It was disrespectful, and I'm going to leave it at that. Oh, okay. You're just dropping that one and leaving. I'll catch you later. Thanks, Freezy. All right. That is the show. Uh, Mark Zimmerman, what do you got for us? These expressions watch, are so great. Watch the dive tomorrow to see why I look like this. Yeah. 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 I think you should I always agree. look like it. It's a good look. Uh, anything else, Mark? No. You should also... Oh, it's still Mark. Are you no, sure, Mark? it's you. It's all you, buddy. Right. Take you it sure, away. Mark? Mark, are you sure? All right. You know how it is, guys. LCS playoffs. You can catch me there. Also, Twitter. You can catch me there only sometimes, because sometimes I also get hit by the DMCA police. Um, and also, another thing. This or that. Just for this week. Um, oh, you're so on this like, or that? Yeah, yeah. So, wow. like, Kobe, I mean, Kobe was on uh, vacay. It is what it is, guys. So, yeah. you know, it's the Razzleplasm's got to come in and do his part for the team. Um, so, watch that when it comes out. That's about it. I would plug my Twitch stream, but I just don't stream anymore. And people who are still subscribed to me, I apologize. Shout out to Raz for helping me and Vienna last week with a... Uh... A sponsored stream that was very nice of him thank you raz and thank you for always coming on the show uh i we have uh, i have i did like 10 interviews this past weekend so there's gonna be a ton of stuff dropping on the channel in fact don't leave the stream yet because i'm going to be airing some of those interviews on the stream right after this just for fun kind of show stuff off and we won't even do for at least the first one i'll give you guys a freebie we won't even do a sub goal also shout out to cycle of gland which is a book series that I've been reading a lot of lately. I'm back into reading. So maybe we will, maybe we'll see something hitting the, the book channel soon. I know I've been saying that for uh, uh, seven months or so, but uh, it's, it's been good to, to do some reading, but yeah, stick around afterwards. Thanks, Mark. Thank you, Raz. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and we air the thank show you. Yeah. every seven. Did Mark just say thank you to me? I got caught up in a moment. Raz said it, so I said it, and then I was like, what am I saying? Yeah, I felt that was that was a little uncomfortable. I'm not going to lie. Uh, we air the show every 7 p.m. Pacific on Mondays, uh, so be sure to tune in. Uh, we love having everybody in the Twitch chat. Everyone in Twitch chat is so nice and supportive and never rude or disparaging. And uh, it's also available as a podcast on Spotify and other inferior podcast platforms uh, not at all influenced by the fact that i have a spotify original anyway that's been hotline league thanks everyone for watching we'll catch you next week